Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive Career Podcast. We are your hosts, Tyson Day and Daniel Lenardi. Our podcast is designed to give you fresh perspectives, educational insights, and future workforce predictions to make sure you thrive on your career journey. Regularly, we are joined by thought leaders, life learners, and generally amazing humans who bring an approach just like us, casual, relaxed, and curious. Please remember to subscribe and share this podcast with your community, as we would love all individuals to thrive in their career journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another year on the Arrive and Thrive Career Podcast. We hope you feel rested and are roaring to get back into the swing of things in 2022. Our guest, Tim Harris, has an incredible story that begins with him facing and overcoming brain cancer through his university studies. Tim shares his battles with chemo and radiation therapy while also unpacking what he learned about himself through the whole process and how these challenges opened up unique career pathways and developed him into the person he is today. We hope you find Tim's story as inspiring as we did. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we recorded this podcast and pay our respects to their elders, leaders past, present and emerging. Listeners, welcome back to another episode. Dan and I are super excited to welcome Tim Harris to the show. Tim, how are you going? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's our pleasure. Dan, how are you traveling, buddy? Yeah, going well. Looking forward to um, having a chat tonight, Tim, about your story and your career today. Yes, Tim. It's been an interview that I've been looking forward to personally ever since I connected with you only a couple of weeks ago. And when I heard your story, I was like, Dan, this guy has to come on our show and share his amazing um, journey. And so, Tim, you're currently a grad software engineer at Lados? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I... um. I started in Feb as a grad and um, yeah, I'm loving it. It's um, out in Scoresby. It's a lovely place in, in Caribbean gardens. It's um, yeah, really nice place to work. Listeners, I just wanted to jump in and share that Tim has actually changed his employer, but I will let him share that with you later in this episode. And what made you want to be a software engineer, mate? Um, so I did mechatronic engineering and um, science at uni and then majored in computer science. And, um, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to, to do robots and, and stuff with computers. Like I, I love my, I love my time at uni. I love my degrees, both of them. Um, and then I, I came across this project last year. Oh, sorry. Not last year in 2019, I did an internship, um, 20, 2018, 19 summer or oh, no, 2019, 20 summer. Anyway, um, doing, um, web dev, uh, was cool. It was the, the hiss with um, um, MedTech, uh, Monash Young MedTech Innovators at, at Monash. Um, and it was, it was yeah, web dev for, for aphasia patients, and I loved it. This is probably the best time to jump back into a conversation that Tim and I had a few weeks back around his new opportunity in 2022. But I'll let Tim share the exciting news. Tim, we, we find ourselves talking again um, probably about three months after we recorded your episode, which um, is coming out in 2022. Um, and so, mate, I believe you have some exciting news to, to share with um, our community and, and yeah, probably to, to announce. Yeah, so in, in the time since we last spoke, I've actually landed a role with a med tech company called Planet yeah. Innovation. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, so yeah. it's cool. Planet Innovation? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been, yep. I've been saying it's Australia's biggest medtech startup, which I actually, I believe, but I haven't yep. verified for myself. So I'm sure it's true, though. Fact check. Yeah, I need, I need, <laughs> needs a bit of a fact check, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll stand by it for now. Yeah, awesome. And so, listeners, to give you context, uh, when we were chatting originally with Tim, um, we, we took this conversation out of the original um interview just because um we were talking off air around um you know tim's interest in going into a, a med tech company given his story and um when he said hey guys i've i've managed to secure something in med tech um dan and i just were like we have to get this on the podcast we have to get him back on so thanks so much for jumping on buddy um yeah no worries talk- Talk to us about the process. So obviously, 
you know, enjoying the work that you were doing and, but then also having this higher calling to the space that you're going to be jumping into. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much it actually. Um, yeah. So I like, I, I loved, I've loved my time at Lighthouse, you know, all 10 months of it. And it's been, it's been quite sad to, to leave because the people are fantastic. The culture is great. I've loved the work, but it's not med tech. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember how, how much I spoke about med tech last time. No, nah, will include. You, well, you, you, from memory, you were talking about um, the the project or the the pitch that you were involved in with uni, um, and that you guys had had actually won a a competition. So, and then and then there was a couple of connections um, within that that you you started to have conversations with and and do some um, some further relationship building with. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so I was part of. Um, a hackathon, a med hack, that and our team won the the commercialization prize, which was the the Planet Innovation Prize. Yeah, cool. Um, yes, yeah, and so um, the the recruiter there afterwards messaged me on LinkedIn and said, "Hey, we're looking for software engineers. Would you like to join?" And I was like, "I love my job, but yes." <laughs> yeah. Can you can you share with us your thought process too? Because I know a lot of people can get stuck between, um, you know, following their head and then following their heart when it comes to their career decisions. Did, did anything, did that cause any friction for you or was it just a, this is my calling, you know, med technology is, is a space I really want to play in? Um, look, it was, it was honestly a really difficult decision. Like, as I've, as I've mentioned a bunch of times, I, I have loved Lidos. You know, I've loved working for this company. If, if, Planet Innovation hadn't reached out to me. You know, if it was any other company, like, I would still be there. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was it was very difficult. And, and I felt a bit like I was letting the team down and, you know, letting my boss down um, and letting letting the guys down. You know, we, we've got our basketball team and, and I'm, oh, I'm hoping... Yep, yep. I'm hoping they'll they'll let me continue, but um, you know, I guess we'll you see. You might be you might be first off the bench now, man. Not not yeah. a starting five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, it's not like it's not like my skills were kicking me on the field anyway. <laughs> and mate, what do what do Planet Innovation do? Just for some further context. Um. So it's look as far as I know, they are medtech company. I know they they make um um. Oh, they make a couple of um, medical devices, and they've also got um, Atmo Biosciences, which is uh, their like spin-off, which I think works in um, like uh, chemical, um, biological kind of solutions. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited about um, the about medical technology, as in devices, and because I'll be working on. Um, in software for the first year, which is quite similar to what I've been doing. And I've really enjoyed that. Um, but my love and what I absolutely wanted to do out of uni was um, embedded systems, IoT, Internet of Things. And that's that's medical devices. And that's what I'll be moving into um, in further down the track. And that's what I'm super duper excited about. Yeah, awesome, man. We are too, and I'm sure our, our listeners will be for you as well. So, bro, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing that good news. Um, hope listeners can relate and go, you know what, if um, I'm in a role that, yes, I do enjoy, but, you know, I have, I have a higher purpose in a different industry, making the leap like you've done, um, hopefully they can learn from your experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I what I've learned through this is that, you know, it can be it can be really difficult when you're you know when when you're leaving something behind that you love, but mm. you really just have to to follow your heart. Now back to the original app, and for our listeners who, because I know there's a lot of abbreviations in engineering. When you refer to web dev, can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, sure, sure, no worries. So, um, um, well, I mean, my my understanding is is very tiny, so I'll I'll do my best, but um. It's basically writing a website. So um, my understanding is that these days, most websites are basically written um, in one of, you know, maybe two or three different ways, and they're all very similar. And um, so it's just writing code, yeah, in for, for a website, I guess. Yeah. You know how else? To- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, 
That's perfect because I think web dev stands for web development. Yeah, I just want to make yeah, sure that yeah. we're on the same page because I know um, whenever I speak to Monash students, there's always like abbreviations thrown around, and and I'm like, oh yeah, and trying to pretend I know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, web dev, web web development, you got it. Yeah, cool. And how do you and and like programming? Like, how do you go? picking up the languages of, of different programs and, and so forth, or has it always just been a natural curiosity for it? Um, that's a good question, actually. I think, I think when you, when you first start doing um, any degree at uni that involves programming, it's, it all seems, you know, it's all very complicated and you don't know what's happening. Um, but then you, you get introduced to different languages as you, as you move along. And you realize that, um, you know, they're all pretty similar. It's all just logic. It's just presented in a different way, basically. So um, I think you kind of get to the point eventually where um, you could pick up any new language over, you know, with a, with a couple of weeks of um, just, just using it and experiencing it a bit. Mm. Yeah, cool. Now, mate, can you share with our listeners what it was that occurred during your university studies, because I think your story is incredible to say the least. Um, can you share what, what happened back in, in, in 2016? Yeah, no worries. So um, in October of 2016, um, which actually we've just celebrated five years of, of um, the time since then, um, I went to hospital with, a brain tumor and um i i was just getting headaches and um you know i thought it was stress and i went to the doctor and he said oh yeah you know 99 times out of 100 it's just you know it's just stress you know it's it was week 10 of, of semester two of my third year at uni um but no i went to hospital um the the ambulance came and they they said that i wasn't sick enough for them to for them to take me so we had to go ourselves um and yeah found out that i had a brain tumor and then spent the next nine months dealing with that it's incredible and so what was i have to ask like what was going through your mind when you first heard the news um it didn't actually it didn't actually really sink in i think it um i know i know it hit my mum pretty hard you know as you would expect um, but I think mainly it was just shock. It took me a couple of days cause I went, I went to hospital October 9th and, um, my first surgery was October 12th. Um, and, um, it took me a good day or two to understand that I had, I had a brain tumor and, and we didn't know what it was. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I think it was just shock. I didn't, I didn't really, um, probably didn't really connect that, you know, the seriousness of it for, for a day or two. Mm. Mm. And I think the, one of the things when I first spoke to you, mate, that, that just stood out to me was, you know, I actually wrote it down and I, I think hopefully I do it justice. It, when you found out this news, you, you felt like it, it didn't change who you wanted to be or what you wanted to do. Um, and you felt it never changed your life plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was, um, so it was a bit of a journey after, so I went, went to hospital, um, had a surgery, um, which was supposed to, um, you know, clear the blockage and then, um, and get a biopsy. And then I ended up having three more surgeries and then chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Um, but I never, um, I never really let it, um, it, it was never a huge thing in my mind. I, I, I think I always had a, a belief that, you know, it would just be fine in the end. And, you know, it was just a roadblock and the next step would be, you know, recovery. And then I'd be back at uni again. Um, yeah, i it never sort of occurred to me that it might change anything. Do you think that was like a part of the, your for lack of a better term but like a, like a part of the recipe for you to progress and move forward after this um yeah possibly 
I think, um, yeah, the, the, the way I sort of moved forward was probably, yeah, just, just not worrying too much about, um, what happened. I think, I think what really helped is that I had, I had a fantastic team around me. You know, my, my parents were amazing. My mom in particular is just, was absolutely fantastic, you know, and, and my sister and, um, you know, the, I, I trusted the doctors around me. I trusted my, my family and I knew that, um, I sort of didn't, I, I knew that I wouldn't have to worry about me getting better, if that makes sense. I knew that, um, I would just, you know, just, um, for a lack of a better term, enjoy the ride, right? I would just, you know, just get through this. Everyone else will sort everything out, which I think, um, made a big difference. When you found out, Tim, was it um, what did the doctors actually say to you? And also, how, how did you approach it in that way? Like, it's you know, it's quite profound, especially your age, to be able to have that sort of perspective. So, is there anything you thought that led to that? Um, the way I found out was um, yes, as I said before, went to hospital, um, got a CT. Um, doctor came back with the, the results and said I had a brain tumor. Um, uh, sorry, what was the, what was the rest of the question again? Like as in what was the, what would, did the doctor say at the start as in, did you have a certain percentage of recovery chance? And then also tied to that, like, how did you approach it with that sort of wise perspective? Sure. Um, so, um, we didn't. Because, um, so when, when we first got the, the results of the scan, we just knew there was a tumor. We didn't know, we didn't know it turned out to be cancer. We didn't, we didn't know. The doctors actually originally thought it was benign. So, um, they, they thought, you know, it might've been there for, for 20 years and it's just been really slow growing and we could just look after it and, you know, it'd be fine as in just observe it and it'll be fine. Um, and deal with the symptoms kind of thing. Um, so very early on, I was not too worried. I, I think, um, you know, the, it always looked like it was going to be fine. And I always, you know, trusted that it would be fine. And then um, uh, a couple of surgeries later, we found out it had grown a bit. Um, and then um, very quickly, the doctors worked out that, no, it wasn't benign. It was cancer. Um, and it actually got to this point where um, it was it was one of two options. It was either pineal germinoma, which is um, um, uh, very, very easy to treat. Um, you know, the, the, the way that they described it was um, if you're going to get a brain tumor, pineal germinoma, that's the one you want. Um, or the other one was a um, pineoblastoma, which is essentially a death sentence. So I had, I had you know, the, the best one on one hand and then the worst one on the other hand. Um, and I just didn't really worry about it, I guess. Um, I mean, the, as soon, as soon as they worked that out, there was, I had a, um, I had my next surgery scheduled, um, pretty quickly. So I didn't have too much time between, um, having to worry about that and then finding out that it was in fact the pineal germinoma. And so once we, once we worked that out, um, they said that the pineal germinoma has, a 96% cure rate. So survival, you know, would be even higher, um, presumably. So, you know, as soon as we knew that, it was like easy sailing, you know, just recover, you'll be fine. Yeah. Tim, can you can you share with us the process of, of chemo and um, was, it, was it radiotherapy? Yes. Can, can you share that process? Because I think it's um, something that we, that listeners and I know myself, you know, I've heard about it from through stories and, and through obviously stuff you see in the media and, and you read about, but can you, can you share the experience of actually going through it yourself? Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So for those who don't know, chemotherapy is drugs. So, um, they hook you up to an IV and then you, um, um, yeah, you just sit there for however long it takes for them to push the drugs through you. So I think my, um, let me try to remember. I think mine was, 
three three lots of a four-week cycle where the first three days I would go in, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on the Monday and Tuesday, I got three hours. And on the Wednesday, I think it was two hours. Um, so you just sit in a chair and, um, you know, it's like, it's like, um, um, actually I've never given blood. I was about to say it's like giving blood, you know, you just sit there and, and, and wait while it happens. But I assume it's, I assume it's similar to that. Um, so yeah, chemo for me wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't too bad. We, mom and dad came in and they, um, we had this zombie flux card game that we used to play, you know, we, we had fun. Um, you know, enjoy the time while you're there kind of thing. Um, um, I didn't, and the thing is that they, they gave me really good. I felt, I felt sick the first, the first lot. Um, but then the nurse genius nurse said to, so they give you anti-medic drugs to, to help with the, the nausea symptoms. And the nurse said, luckily to take them, um, um, preemptively. So to take them before you even felt sick. And once I started doing that, no symptoms at all. It was really smooth sailing. So, so chemo wasn't too bad for me. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of other people who have had disaster stories about chemo. You know, normally chemo is the, the worst one than, than radiotherapy is what I've heard. Um, but yeah, for me, it wasn't too bad. I, um, yeah, I, I found that significantly easier than, um, than radiotherapy. Radiotherapy was um, a couple months later after I'd recovered a bit from the chemo. Um, um, it was, I think, 30 odd days, maybe 40 days of going into Peter Mac every day um, and sitting in a chair while they, um, this big uh, linear accelerator machine just. Um, goes around you and, and delivers radiation. Um, and that was my whole brain and then my spine, and then it was a booster to the brain. So, um, yeah, that, that's, um, the reason that that one was so tough is because, um, because I had to do my spine, it hit my stomach. And so that, um, caused nausea that was much worse than the, um, than the chemo was. Tim, what's um? It's really sad to hear your story, and um, obviously it's awesome to see you've made a full recovery now. Um, what are some of the positives that you've taken out of this experience? Yeah, so um, the the whole my whole cancer journey is something I'm really proud of because it's um. It was nine months of treatment in which I really grew as a person. You know, beforehand, I wasn't, I wasn't super motivated. I wasn't, you know, necessarily hanging out with the right kind of people. I wasn't, you know, I'm not exactly proud of who I was pre-cancer, but um, it really helped me understand who I am, um, what I, what I want to do, what I believe in, what are my values. Um, it really motivated me and, um, and yeah, as I said before, I'm, I'm really proud of, of my journey because of that. And, um, one, the, one of the first things I decided, um, before I started, well, no, just after I started chemo, um, about a week after I started chemo was that I wanted to, um, to do something big to prove to myself that, you know, that I could, I could basically achieve anything. So um, I decided I was going to run a marathon. And so, um, I, so chemo started in December, 2016, went until about end of Feb. And then I started radiotherapy in April, I think, which went till end of June. And then in October that year, I ran 10 Ks The following year. I ran a half marathon in um, June or July, and then a full in the, in October, 2017. And so that was my, that was my big recovery goal. That was, that was my way of proving to myself that, um, that I could basically achieve anything if I, if I really wanted to. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so inspiring to hear those sort of tales. Can you tell, 
tell us and talk our listeners also through when you said you learned about yourself. Um, like what was a bit of that process about? Um, okay, I'll try to I'll try to do my best. Um, so I think um, um Sorry, what do you mean? So learning about myself as in... Like as in, yeah, as in, so you you said you've learned a lot about yourself in that nine months and it made you realise who you are, what you want to do and your values. Like what was the process of awakening yeah. or self-discovery at that point for you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, I think, um, I think it was just... You know, being being confronted with, you know, the possibility that I might die. I think it was just you know, I think I think when when <laughs> this is gonna sound really um anyway, I'll just keep going. So when you're looking death in the face, you know, you it it changes you, right? You you really work out who you know, you 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 work out what you what you're doing with your life. You you think about you know, am I, you just work out what, what's important to you. And, um, I think, um, I sort of realized that I wasn't happy with who I was, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, I wasn't not exactly proud of the person I was at the time. Um, and so I, I have always been, so I've always been someone who has used lists. That's, um, you know, back since I was a child, I've always needed lists to, to keep me going. And and that's what I did. I made I made a whole bunch of lists about who I am, um, what are my values, what am I looking for in um in what I want to do with my life, what do I want to achieve? Um, you know, do I want to achieve? Um, what what sort of characteristics do I have? Is there anything about me that um, you know, what about me do I like? What about me do I not like? Um, and and I worked on changing those. So I think um, um, something that's that's really stuck with me is the growth mindset. I think um, it's really something that that I um, I think is incredibly important in being a good person. I think. You, the I actually think it's the 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 real indicator of someone who who really is a good person is someone who is willing and able to um to improve themselves. You know, you when you when you when you have that ability to um to sort of self reflect on on who you are, what you and who you want to be, and where the gaps are then you can then you can become better and i think that was that was really yeah sort of the process that i went through at the time yeah nice mm. let's take a moment to hear from our sponsorship are you currently looking for a new role do you find the process of writing a resume frustrating and annoying but don't want to pay for a resume writer here at arrive and thrive we want to make sure job seekers have access to these services at an affordable price we are excited to launch our resume automation platform powered by Zygiverse. You can find all the features that you may need in developing a resume that lands you the interview and makes your personal brand stand out. To jump in and start creating your resume today, click the link in the bio. Thank you so much. Let's jump back in. Tim, your university journey, it took you, you completed your degree in, in seven years, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you also did your exams in between your chemo and radiotherapy um, treatments, correct? Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned before, when I got sick and went to hospital, it was week 10 of um, semester two of 2016, whatever that was, third year, I think. Um, and so I was doing four subjects at the time. And I um, very quickly into sort of um so for the first you know at the right at the beginning it was um you know i'm just in hospital you know what's happening and then very very quickly became um clear that i wasn't going back to the uni next week or the week after and i was going to have to work out 
um, you know, what my plan forward was. And so I decided to um, continue two of those subjects um, and do the, so I delayed the exams and did them while I was um, undergoing chemo actually. And then I did the other two in semester two. So I finished radiotherapy end of June and then started semester two in, you know, end of July, whenever it was. Did you find your studies helped you with the recovery process? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think, and you know, it kind of, kind of ties into to my goal of, of the marathon. I think, um, probably having something to, to look forward to and something to work towards, um, probably helped me as well. Um, and with all of the, the self-reflection stuff, I think, you know, I think when, when you're in a place of, um, of change just in general, I think it's really good to have, um, just something to, to work towards, you know, if you, if you, if you're able to chip away at something, it, it just, it keeps you going. So you don't stop. So yeah, actually, um, hadn't thought about that, but that is a very good point. I think that definitely helped me keep going. Tim, I've got a question around, obviously working at, um, Leodos now. How do we say it? Lydos. Lydos. Ty and I can't say it right, can we? <laughs> You're working at Lydos now as a graduate software engineer. And I'd just be interested to know about your experience going through graduate recruitment processes. Um, and obviously you've spoken about how much more you've learned about yourself and your values and doing all the self-reflection and the work on yourself. And I imagine that's helped you heaps in your career and getting to where you are now. Cause so can you tell us a little bit about that? And also when you were going through the recruitment process, you know, did you get the odd question where it's like, can you tell us about a challenging time where you've had to overcome something? Can you sort of sit in there going, well, do I really want to pull the rabbit out of the hat now? And mm. have, did you experience that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it definitely came up in um, an interview or two. <laughs> the thing is, because I'm so proud of my journey, I've never shied away from telling people about it. In fact, I kind of, um, I, I love talking about it. So, <laughs> so it doesn't, it, it, um, I mean, I've sort of, I've sort of gone off that a bit now because, you know, I've matured a bit and, and worked out that it's, that it's a bit jarring for a lot of people. But, um, you know, when it comes up, I definitely don't shy away from from talking about cancer and my journey and, and how it changed me. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's normal to be positive at coming out of such a profound life experience that your saints had a positive effect on you. So it makes sense that you're proud of that journey and you know, you've harnessed it for good. Yeah. Mm. Tim, something that strikes me when you talk about it and maybe it's just the, the amount of reflection and the time between um, now and and when it when you first were dealt um, the news, but you seem very able to remove like and and I don't want to I don't want to be careful I want to be careful here when I because I feel like engineers are very good at like you know removing the emotion from from <laughs> the, the process and just going okay what's the actual fact what is like what are we dealing with. And it seems like when you describe your your story, you are you, you have that natural approach. Like, what, what's your take on that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, <laughs> I think I somewhat agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I um, I think I've I have maybe not always. Maybe maybe this is what sort of predicated that, but. I, I definitely think in the last, definitely since cancer, I've been good at um, trying to remove the the emotion from um, decisions where it's not needed. Like obviously, obviously you want to, you don't want to go through life just, you know, with no emotion being a robot. Um, but um, I think, I think if you're able to, to sort of, um, come to logical conclusions about big decisions. Um, it just helps you, um, you know, come to the right conclusion instead of, um, you know, acting on something based on emotions. 
And would it be fair to say as well that your last year of uni wasn't as stressful as your first three? Wasn't or was? Yeah, wasn't as stressful because you obviously had that tough experience and then you had the perspective and that growth. Did you sort of then go back to uni and once you settled back in, were you kind of like, well, yeah, life's good, I'm on my journey, I'm on my way? Um. Yeah, look, yes and no. I think... Um. Um. Yes, in the way that, um, you know, I sort of felt more, um, yeah, exactly what you say, you know, I'm sort of on my way, I knew what I was working towards, but also no, because remember how I mentioned before, I'm not super proud of who I was pre-cancer, so I, I wasn't, I probably didn't, look, I did not put in my best effort at uni um, before I was sick, I was, you know, that's what I mean. Not super proud of that person. I was skipping classes. I was, you know, not, not applying myself in a way that I should have been. Yeah. Um, so, but, but yes, yes. To the, to the point that I, um, it definitely helped me, um, um, you know, not get too worried because, you know, and, and I, I, thing is that when you know when I was going especially when I was um having radiotherapy like you know I would go I was going in every day and I was seeing like these kids you know and it's like here I am with with my you know cancer that's that's easy peasy 96% um cure rate and there's these like kids that are just you know it's it changes it's 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 difficult to see it's it really changes your perspective on you know, what's worth worrying about. Um, so yes, that, that definitely helped. That's such a good point, Tim. I, um, just on a personal note, I, I, when my daughter was born, we had, we found ourselves at the Royal Children's Hospital a couple of times. And I think it is like just seeing some of those poor kids go through what they're going through is a profound experience around, appreciation for what you have and 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 it's yeah just even like from your perspective of you you know having cancer and going through your treatments but then that what you share around you know reframing it and going okay well far out like look what these poor poor kids have to go through like it's to have that realization in that moment i think is incredible too yeah thank you i think um yeah like I don't know. The it, it's probably a bit weird to hear me say this, but I, I consider myself extremely lucky. Like you know, um, I I was this close to having well, I was yeah very close to having a cancer that was just a death sentence, and then I ended up with, as I mentioned before, you know, if you're going to get brain cancer, this is the one to get. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm, and some of the, some of the people I've met, um, you know, since on in various um like um cancer kind of groups i did this um x-med program that was with other cancer patients and you know like there is you know i definitely i definitely did not have it as tough as some other people did tim can you can you talk us about so once you were uh and am i right to say it's you're fully recovered Yes. Yeah, cool. Like from from this process now, like are there personal rituals that you have or or things that you you do on a daily basis to keep you um in this positive gear that you're in? Um I don't know about rituals. I've never been very spiritual, but um I definitely um make a point. I like I still I still use list heaps. I still um, you know, I try to, I try to keep myself, um, organized, you know, I've got, um, Google everything, calendar lists, you know, everything to, to keep me organized. Um, and, um, although if there is one thing that would be somewhat of a ritual, it's definitely exercise. I think, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I did that, um, XMED, the, the program for, for cancer patients, um, and um, so I've definitely, I've always tried to stay fairly healthy, um, you know, and it goes back to the, the marathon as well. And 
um, and that kind of thing. Um, but in terms of um, ritual, I have kept since cancer. I can't really think of anything else. Do you feel like your um, like your ability to be able to switch on like things like gratitude and 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 um, what's the other like those types of reflection questions and components? Do you think that's are you able to do that quite quickly now after your treatments? Um, yeah, maybe I guess. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think um, um, I think part of part of the sort of um, growing as a person that I mentioned before was definitely, um, you know, becoming a more um, gracious and um, empathetic person. Um, so yeah, yeah, I definitely think that that you know, um, seeing meeting all those other people and, and meeting these excellent nurses and doctors, um, I definitely think that that helps you, you know, develop some some gratitude and empathy. Mm. Tim, I've got a question that's a bit long-winded, um, but I'm really fascinated by hearing your story about why you chose what you wanted to do after uni, I mean, after high school, but then also going through the experience you went through in year three. I'm amazed that your degree and career stayed the same. Okay. Uh, because, you know, if you did want to do a backflip and go do something completely different, it probably wouldn't have been the worst time yeah, right, you're three years into a course, but it's probably not too late. But it's amazing that, yeah, and can you talk our listeners through the day you sort of thought, well, this is who I am now, these are my values, and, oh, bang, it actually aligns to what I'm doing, you beauty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's actually it's actually funny. You've, you've touched on two things that, that I, um, I think I should mention now. So firstly, um, back in year 10, we had a careers – um, it, was, it was like a career, was it a careers week? I can't remember. Something like that, a careers night. Um, and there was these bunch of people that came in um, and spoke about different um, different um, jobs and careers and stuff. And someone mentioned, someone talked about being a, a mechatronic engineer. And as soon as I heard it, I knew that's that's what I wanted to do. It was like, you know, I was I was tossing up, do I want to do, like I enjoyed science. Do I want to do physics? Do I want to do chemistry? And, you know, should I be an engineer? That'd be fun. You know, I, I, I like maths. Maybe I should go into business, but it was like, bang, mechatronics. That's what I'm doing um, right from year 10. So, um, yeah, my, my experience definitely didn't change that at all. I, that was, I always knew what I wanted to do. And I think I'm pretty lucky in that way as well. Cause I know, I know a lot of people and a lot of my friends, sort of finished high school thinking, you know, I'll do science or something because it, you know, makes sense. Sure, why not? Not really knowing exactly what their pathway was, but I, I always knew what that was. Um, and the other thing, um, sorry, what was the question again? Um, well, you've, was- pretty, you've, you've pretty much answered it. Mm. But when, yeah, cause you've pretty much answered it because you've obviously all, already known from year 10 quite strongly that you really wanted to do that. So then, you know, when you were in hospital, going through your treatments that obviously aligned again quite quickly for you once you sort of worked out a bit more of who you were and what you wanted to do in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. I think I may cut you off then, buddy. Were you going to say something? Um, No, I know. I know there's, there's something else I want to mention, but hopefully I'll, I'll remember at some point, keep going and I'll, and I'll (laughs) get there. Yeah. All good. Um, Like, Going through your treatments and, and spending a significant period in uh, hospital and medical environments, have you? Is there a draw towards like biotechnology or or, or medical software or, or things like that? Where you, you know you've gone, you know, a part of my career at some point, I want to explore this space. Or you know what, Tyson, you have read my mind because that was the thing that I wanted to mention. So yeah, cool. the other thing is. That um, yeah. After I went through that, like I met I met such fantastic you know doctors and nurses who really helped me. And and going through that experience, I um, I one of the the things I worked out about myself is that I really wanted to to give back. In you know I wanted to give back to the medical community, and I um have developed a real passion for medtech. 
Um, so thank you so much for, for bringing that up. Um, yeah, so so after after that, because um, I, I never had any interest in biology or medicine or or any of the, the health side of things. I was always computers and and you know ones and zeros. Um, so it, it, it definitely it definitely uh, changed my perspective a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I I did a couple of um, um, I did a medical technology unit elective at uni um in one of my later years and i also the the scholarship i mentioned before so i um as part of um monash mimi monash young medtech innovators um i did a, a um, summer scholarship with them and it was just the best thing i've ever done ever it was it was so much fun it was you know it was it was helping out um speech pathologists who were um who had um patients people with aphasia um and and making an app for them and it's it's um it's something that i have i loved doing at the time this was two years ago and i've continued with it and um something which actually is really exciting that happened um last night is that we have finally developed the project to a point where we can Put it in front of some users and it was yeah it was it was amazing like um, <laughs> congratulations man yeah, thank you a bit emotional yeah. <laughs> on our little zoom call meeting it was um yeah so it's fantastic i um i, I yeah i i think i've realized especially over the last um little while that i've um i really want to do something in the in the medtech space i really want to continue with this passion Tim, you touched on earlier the the process of you know you, some of your student life at at Monash. For students listening, and and especially grad um, grad students who are looking for work and things like that, can you can you talk about some of the other extracurriculum or, or student clubs or hackathons that you've been a part of that you feel like are still were, were sorry were vital in you choosing your career direction and and those types of things. Yeah, so um, while I was at uni, I joined um, MCAP, which is Monash Connected Autonomous Vehicles, which is, you know, I've always loved working on um, mechatronics projects and, and innovative um, innovative projects and, and stuff like that. Um, so I love my time there. But then another um, another thing that I've I mentioned previously is the the um, the scholarship with Miami. Um, so that was, um, I think it was, yeah, 2019, 2020. Um, so yeah, beginning, end of last year, beginning of last year. Um, and that was, that was a, a project with, um, um, aphasia patients and, and like a web, a website development kind of project. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I, I think I've really enjoyed the working in, in the med tech space. And then more recently, I um, did a, a hackathon again with Miami, and um, and that went really well. We um, um, ended up winning the commercialization prize somehow. So, <laughs> might be starting a business, who knows? <laughs> shout out yes. to the, the crew if they're listening. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, shout out to, to mates. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think um, I've yeah really enjoyed, you know, still keeping in touch with um, different clubs and and you know with the uni roots. Tim, can you share with us any like resources or books that you swear by for in terms of like have been like your go to? Like I know Dan, he's a huge fan of The Alchemist as a book, and for me personally, um, you know, Lost Connections is one of my favorite books. Um, and I feel like there's lessons from both of those that we, we call upon or we talk about in episodes. Is there like a book or, or documentary or resource that you swear by and you feel like that's something that's been a real core component of your decision-making in your career and your life and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as since I've, since I've been driving to work all year, um, um, I've, it's been a half hour drive. And so I've been making sure I've been listening to, to books and podcasts and, and using my time effectively. 
And so I've actually listened to to a couple of, of really handy books that, that I definitely recommend. Um, the one I'm listening to at the moment is um, How to Not Give a Fuck. And that's, that's um, it's actually a really good message. You know, it talks about um, just not, um, not letting um, your decisions be made by um, other people and not, not caring about what people, you know, meeting other people's expectations and, and sort of doing what, what you actually want to do rather than what people are telling you you should want to do. Mm. So, so that one's a great one. I also was listening to um, The Barefoot Investor earlier in the year, which yep. I'm sure has been mentioned before on this podcast. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt. You know, that's, that's a fantastic one if you're, um, you know, wanting to, to sort of keep on top of your money without, um, you know, following a regimented, um, <laughs> you know, uh, budget. So, yeah, that, that one's pretty good as well. Mm, nice. I, I've i listened to um, the same book, The Soul Art of Not Giving a Fuck, um, over audiobook, and the narrator is amazing. The way it, like, I love it when you get an audiobook and you're like, the person reading it is reading it, like doing such a better job than I would. And it's almost like, it, it's like equally entertaining as it is knowledgeable. It's so good. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. Tim, mate, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Um, it's It's been incredibly insightful. And I think ever since I connected with you and um, I've actually thought about you like since I connected like leading up to this podcast and we'll continue um, to, to reflect on some of the conversations that we've had tonight. So I really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. It's, um, yeah, absolutely happy to, to help in whatever way I can. Thanks, Tim. It's been awesome meeting you and hearing your story as well. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you could please leave a review or share this episode with someone who is on the journey of developing a meaningful career, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, look after yourself and the people around you.